0: RD Talks, brought to you by Reader's Digest Australia. Searching for Riley, by Helen Signe. When Sally Prattley saw that a little boy was missing, she knew she had to help. It was 9pm on a Tuesday night and midway through the October 2012 school holidays. With her kids watching a movie, Sally Prattley flicked on her smartphone. She wanted to check if anyone had responded to an ad she'd placed that morning to sell a lawnmower on an online trading site. No takers yet. As she scrolled through the other entries, she noticed a photo of a little boy with a mischievous smile. The note said he'd been missing in Nambucca Heads, some 60 kilometres north of Sally's Columbati home on the north coast of New South Wales, since about midday. Sally caught her breath as she gazed at the child's features. The lost four-year-old, Riley Martin, had Down syndrome. For the past seven years, 38-year-old Sally had worked at the local school as a teacher's aide for children with disabilities. She also ran an after-school dance group for kids, including those with Asperger syndrome, cerebral palsy, and Down syndrome. Often she'd bring the kids to her home to give respite care to their families. Sally clicked on the link to the New South Wales Police Facebook page. Riley was still missing. He'd disappeared nine hours earlier with his family's three dogs, police reported. His pyjama pants had been found on the beach that afternoon. If it was my child, I'd want as many people looking as possible, Sally thought. She knew she had to help. Together with her partner, Leif O'Brien, Sally's 12-year-old son, Bronson, and Leif's 11-year-old son, Lachlan, Sally piled pillows and blankets into their car and they set off into the night. Just before 11.30am, Riley's mother, Bianca Graham, had left him sitting with a snack at the kitchen table as she went and had a shower. Life had been a struggle for the 32-year-old mother since Riley was born. She was currently living in a granny flat at the back of her father's house with her new partner, Andrew, their son, Seth, and Riley's two older siblings, Chloe, 10, and Isaac, 6. Riley could only say some words, such as mum, yep, and no, so he mainly communicated by pointing and showing his family what he wanted. He enjoyed dancing and music, but it was the family's dogs, Fox Terriers Bruno and Nitro, and a Kelpie pup, Missy, that really found a way into his heart. The dogs were patient with Riley, no matter how rough the games became, and he'd follow them everywhere. Bianca was still in the shower when Andrew noticed the front gate was open and the dogs weren't in the yard. He looked around, Riley wasn't there either. He called to Bianca who dashed to get dressed. Shoeless, she ran out into the street calling for her son. She stopped passing cars and asked drivers if they had seen a little boy. She searched the empty house next door, then headed to the beach about five minutes' walk from their home. After half an hour of the pair frantically searching everywhere they could think of, they called the police. The responding officers began searching the granny flat, starting in the kitchen and systematically working their way out. They also searched the main house. By early afternoon, police, the Rural Fire Service, the State Emergency Service, the Volunteer Rescue Association, the Westpac Rescue Helicopter, and members of the local Surf Lifesaving Club were scouring the area. Local media began running news alerts and Riley's step-grandfather posted a picture of the boy on Facebook. The appeal quickly attracted hundreds of comments and extra volunteer searches from across the community. Then, around 4pm, the report came in that Riley's pyjama pants had been found on the beach, along with footprints belonging to a child and some dogs. Bianca tried to convince herself that the animals wouldn't have gone in the water. It was too cold. She told herself Riley must have simply got his pyjama bottoms wet and decided to take them off. But back home, as the sun dipped and a chill hit the air, None of the dogs had returned to the yard. It wasn't like them not to come back for food, reasoned Bianca, who was convinced they were with her missing son. As night fell, she watched the lights as hundreds of locals with torches walked up and down the beach, calling for the little lost boy. By the time Sally, Leif and the boys pulled up in the car park at Shelley Beach, it was 10.15pm, long after the official search had been called off for the night. Still, cars were coming and going and they could see the torches flashing along the beach. In the moonlight Sally could just make out the beach, edged by sand dunes, a few rocks and then thick scrub. They stepped out of the car into the freezing night air. Leaf had grown up in this part of the world and was a keen bushwalker. Recently one of his own dogs had been injured and he'd spent hours following the blood trail, trying to find out how the accident happened. Where could Riley have gone, he wondered there must be a trail somewhere. The beach was covered with footprints, but Leaf and Sally knew they were looking for small fox terrier prints. The four of them set off to scour the dunes. At about 11.30, Sally was sure she heard a dog bark. Then, some way along the beach, the family came across what just might be two sets of tiny prints alongside those of a small child. The tracks led into dense bush, The boys tried to climb up to search along the ridge, but it was too dangerous. Above the foliage, Sally could see the road and a signpost marking a sharp bend. They went back to the car, drove to the signpost and tried to enter the bush from the road above. But the scrub was too thick and dangerous in the dark. I don't know what else we can do until it gets light, said Leif. By now it was 1am and the boys were tired. Sally settled them in the back of the car with pillows and blankets while they drove around, calling Riley's name softly out the window. After about half an hour they found a secluded place to park and sleep. I'm not giving up, thought Sally, as she dozed fitfully, glancing at the clock on the dashboard and wishing away the hours until daybreak. Her feet were freezing and she couldn't stop thinking about Riley, out there somewhere with only his t-shirt for warmth. Please son, hurry up and rise, she whispered. Bianca was not asleep either. As night set in, she started to fear the worst. Riley must be so cold and frightened. Or was he in the ocean? Had he been taken by someone? Would she ever see him again? About 1am she went to a nearby caravan park, wondering if he had turned up at someone's sight. At 2am Riley's grandmother arrived from Sydney and together they searched nearby Shelley Beach. By 4am Bianca was so cold she could hardly speak. The police search was due to resume at first light. At 5.30am the police divided the assembled locals into groups, each designated to a certain area. Search teams from the Water Police in Polair joined in. Inspector Mick Aldridge was worried. He knew Riley would not answer searchers' calls. Someone would literally have to stumble across him. Back at the beach, Leif and Sally left their sleepy boys in the car and headed back to the spot they'd left the night before they were both strongly drawn there even though they could see the police sniffer dogs heading in the other direction. Everyone was scanning the water by now, but Leif was still sure the boy would be found on land. There's no way three dogs would drown as well, he said. The dogs must be with him. Even in the daylight it was too hard to enter the bush from the beach, so they drove back to the road above and set off through the thick scrub. There were no obvious trails to follow. About thirty metres in, they came to an 80-metre drop. Oh my God, what if he's fallen down that and he's unconscious and can't hear us, said Sally. She looked back towards the road, which was completely obscured. Even just a little way in, the couple felt lost. Then, as they turned to leave, they heard a dog bark. Sally's heart leapt. Quick, she shouted. The pair started running along the ridge in the direction of the sound. And there, in a little clearing, was Riley. If they hadn't been watching their feet to prevent themselves from falling, they might have stepped right on him. Still wearing his t shirt, Riley was lying face down, his legs bent awkwardly behind him. His skin was icy and his feet were blue. But as they lifted him, he turned to look at them with absolute terror in his eyes before melting into Leaf's shoulder. For the first time in what seemed like an eternity, Leaf and Sally breathed out again. Riley was alive. It's okay, you're a good boy, we're taking you back to mummy, said Sally over and over as they clambered back to the roadside. As they waited for the emergency services to arrive, they pulled a tick off the toddler's neck and gave him sips of water. Sally found a packet of savoury biscuits in her bag and gave him one, which he sucked. It was just after 7am. Riley was taken to Maxville Hospital and, apart from dehydration, some tick bites and a lot of scratches, he was declared fine. Then he ploughed into a massive bowl of cereal, some Vegemite sandwiches and chocolate milk. Soon after Riley was found, the fire brigade saw a fox terrier running down the middle of the road. It was Bruno. The other two dogs turned up at home soon after. Bianca is sure they protected Riley through the night. They must have stopped him from going into the sea and kept him warm as the temperatures dropped. They weren't coming to the house until Riley was here. They weren't leaving him until he was back here safe and sound, she says. The following week, Sally and Leif drove back to visit. They took Bianca to the spot where they had found Riley, and he cuddled them and kissed Sally's cheek. There's something good that's come of this, Bianca told them. We met you guys. Sally still doesn't know quite what made her pack her family into the car to join the search for Riley, or why she was physically drawn to the spot where they eventually found him. But one thing is sure... Now she is in Riley's life, she will bring all her expertise in disability care to make sure he reaches his full potential. I never thought I would be the one to actually find him, but something stopped me from giving up, Sally says. Maybe I'm meant to be a part of his life. For more RD Talks, visit readersdigest.com.au. Brought to you by Readers Digest Australia, a division of Direct Publishing.